Are you ready? It's that time! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this episode of Man, Buns, and Jesus. We are so happy to have each and every one of you here. Um, Even those of you listening from Concordia Irvine's campus, you know who you are. Uh, My name is Josh Saborius. I'm a pastor in Southern California, uh, Eastvale, Corona area. And with me today is my partner in crime, or whatever one would call these podcasts, the Reverend ben- Benjamin Oschlager. I don't that? think they quite reach crime against humanity level. Well, that's uh, good. Yeah. I do I, actively try to avoid uh, those. Yeah. my One of my brothers was gag gifted a copy of the uh, UN Humanitarian <laughs> Bill of Rights uh, when he was younger. I've read through most of it, and I don't think that we've crossed any of those lines. So um, there's plenty of qualifiers on that. There's cer- certainly possibly ways we could still have done that. So Fun fact, because uh, I, I have to read through a lot of stuff before I get my dissertation research approved. The reason that you have to get dissertation research approved by like a board, uh, like an ethics board, is because of the Geneva Convention Against War Crimes. Like those, the laws from the Geneva Convention are what are cited in my doctoral handbook. So that's a fun fact. Um, One that has now been mentioned twice on this podcast. At least, and it probably it will be again, because I'm just, I never thought in my life I would come across anything that actually had to do with the Geneva Convention. <laughs> that's fair. So... That's anyway, none of this has to do with what we're talking about. No, it really doesn't. Um, (laughs) So today we're we're side questing again. um, Kind of. Kind of. We're we're fielding and fielding a question from one of my members who asked me the other day. What do we do in response to an answered prayer? Um, And he offered me a specific kind of answered prayer one that was answered the way that he was hoping it would be answered. Um, but there are all sorts of different kinds of answer to prayer. Um, ones that go against what our hearts hope for, ones that uh, land somewhere in the middle, and ones that kind of come out of left field. Um, so Josh and I want to take it a, a few minutes and kind of examine each of those and um, practically give you some advice on ways that we can respond to God answering our prayers. Um, So, Josh, is there one of those that you want to start with today, or do you want to start with maybe a general overview? Uh, I think it might be helpful, and and maybe you can inform this further, just to think about for a second the different ways that God answers prayer. Mm -hmm. And I think think there, there are some myths... There are misunderstandings about this, uh, like out in the world, obviously, as as there are about anything. But I also think there are a lot of things that Christians say when it comes to 
answered prayers that aren't particularly helpful. Sure. Uh, so, because there are places in scripture where God, like, uh, there's the passage that gets quoted a lot. It's where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. But that's part of like a greater passage where God promises to answer prayer. And, he, and then you have passages like if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, like you can say to a mountain, move and it'll move. Um, or uh, Jesus saying, uh, you know, what father among you when asked by his son for bread would give him a snake instead. Exactly. Um, so there's, and I think those passages have given rise to this idea that if your prayer doesn't get answered, it's because you weren't sincere enough in your prayer, or you didn't pray hard enough, or you didn't pray long enough. And I don't think that's helpful. In fact, I think statements like that can be detrimental because that can be really discouraging if if you have taken those steps and you've made that time for prayer, especially if it's not something you're comfortable with. And then someone says, oh, your prayers aren't good enough. How many people's response to that is, well, I'm not going to bother with prayer or that. Yeah, I'll, I'll disclaimer that a little bit by saying I think there can be a sincerity issue when it comes to prayer. Um, but it's not going to be the reason God doesn't or does listen to your to your prayer requests. Like when you some offer something up to God, if you pray it, God is going to hear it and he is going to hear it in the most faithful way possible because that's the gift the spirit has given us. But like um I think sometimes practically speaking for our own faith as we're thinking about our own like devotional journey, sometimes we can be a little uh, insincere and shallow in our prayer life. For the sake of just kind of checking that box and being done with it and that that's more of an us thing than anything right. else right. um and well, so it, that will have no impact on how god responds to your prayer yeah so something i want to draw from those passages is you have like we have to pay attention to the the context around these mm -hmm. promises for answered prayers and it is always when talking about prayers that are in alignment with the will of God. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, when Jesus prays, he says, not my will, Father, but yours be done. So even in our prayer, even as we are asking for something to go a certain way, there has to be that humility to say, like, this is what I want, but not let it not be my will, but let it be the Father's will. Mm -hmm. Which kind of brings us to, I think there are maybe a couple helpful categories for what does an answer to prayer look like. And like what your member experienced, there's obviously the, you pray for something and, and God takes care of it. Mm -hmm. Right? And, you know, right now the Stanley Cup playoffs are happening. There are people praying for certain outcomes. And about half those people, their prayers are going to be answered. Not looking good for my wild right now. Prob probably not. Uh, We're recording this on Thursday the 27th. So game six is tomorrow. And uh, game seven, if necessary, I think is Monday. So um, before this, this releases, we'll know. Well, yeah, we'll know exactly what happened to my wild. I could be in a much different mood next week. That's true. Uh, and then there's 
I hesitate with this next category because it, it stumbles close to some things that when people start saying them, I roll my eyes. It's the answer is is not yet. Mm. And it's like, okay, that seems like no with extra steps, but okay. We can talk about that in a minute. And then there's and then there's no, right? Like if you pray a, a vindictive prayer for someone in your life to like experience some great hardship, the answer is probably going to be no to that, right? God is not going to punish someone because you got upset about something. Mm-hmm. Um, he... <laughs> He operates with much more grace and also much more justice than that. In that if he punishes someone, it's not because of some petty grievance that another human has against them. Um, but I, I think those, like if I were to have to categorize answers to prayer, I, I think those three pretty much cover it. I think there are two more that I'm going to offer here. Um. One is silence, because sometimes you are just answered with silence, um, especially when it's something that um, I think is usually con- inconsequential. Uh, you, you you just may not get an answer or may not get a clear answer out of all of it. Um, and then the last one is, um, I think I referred to it earlier as the answer out of left field. Um, when God makes the situation like completely different and perhaps answers your prayer in a way that you didn't expect. Um, so like, um, I don't know, maybe an example would be you're praying for resolution between you and a boss or something at work. And, um, rather than like helping you resolve that conflict because maybe the human side of that conflict is is not tenable at that moment but god sees that it's weighing on your heart and so all of a sudden out of left field comes a new job offer that you weren't expecting um giving you distance to help you and your boss heal in that moment um like those kinds of things can happen too um and both of them are also kind of just catch-alls for the categories where we're like, I don't know, God's answering this, but I don't quite know how. Um, so, that yeah, those are my contributions to this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and for anyone who's kind of keeping tally, an example of silence would be, uh, say, you're standing in the kitchen and you pray to God, guide me which way I should go for dinner tonight you're probably not going to get a divine sign that you should have chicken instead of pork. I I mean, but if you start craving chicken right after that, you've got an answer. Yeah, by all (laughs) means, like, God can do what he wants, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily hang my hat on that happening. Um, And this this might sound flippant, especially... for your congregational member. But I think the answer to all of those prayers is the same. 
no matter what the response is. And it's gratitude. Mm -hmm. And you might say, well, I prayed for something and the answer was no. Why am I supposed to be grateful for that? And I'm like, well, because God didn't say no because he's a meanie, right? He has a, a bigger plan in mind. And he's he, even even in those moments, he, he's saying no for a reason. A couple of weeks ago, I, I preached on Job who like his prayers were answered in, in the aggressive negative when he started <laughs> praying for mercy. It just got worse. And, uh, but even in that God accomplishes things and, and in the message I talked about different things God does with suffering, it can be to test or to discipline or to strengthen, or even just to demonstrate faith to someone who's watching the situation unfold, like the scope of God's plans is so beyond our ability to map out that even when we think, how could this possibly be for good? Like our, our, our trust is, our faith is that God is working it for good. So even in those moments where our prayer, the answer to our prayers is no, we look at those and we say, thank you, because there's a plan that God is, is putting forward or he is preserving or whatever the case may be, um, which is, a <laughs> don't hear me wrong, that's not an easy thing to do, right? If, if you're suffering with a chronic illness and you're constantly in pain and you pray for God to take that away and the answer is no, like that is not an easy answer to hear much less to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if the answer is yes, and it turned out how you wanted, then saying thanks, like just, how do I respond? Well, say thank you. I mean, it seems flippant, but I think, I mean, I, I don't think it's wrong. Yeah. I mean, I think at that point, like, I'm starting to think about, um the answers in the psalms um because and i had a, another member ask me or say to me the other day um pastor the psalms confuse me i don't get them i i welcome don't to the club yeah again yes welcome to the club it's, it's poetry i mean it doesn't make sense yes it's poetry but it's also prayer it's also like uh, music of worship and it's also translated from hebrew into english so that makes it really clunky um and also written to a cultural context that predates us by at least 2500 years so probably more um put just, all just of those a, qualifiers a few barriers in there hmm? just a few barriers in there. yeah 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 just a couple um Put all of those qualifiers on everything and, and the Psalms like kind of start to struggle to make sense. But the kinds of emotional language that we can see in the Psalms can be really helpful to us as we are responding to God's responses to our prayer. Um, if you hear a no in a case like what Josh mentioned, where you're struggling with chronic pain, you maybe have been battling an illness for for years, for decades, um, and it's it's causing you pain. Um, and God's answer repeatedly is is no. I'm sorry. You you 
have to keep suffering. Um, you can look to the Psalms and look to <laughs> hopefully the Psalms of lament at that point, um, which often have a theme of like, how long, oh Lord, must I wait and suffer and feel apart from you? Um, and as you read through that, you can you can sense the emotion of the author of the psalm as they cry out to God in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their suffering. Um, I'm guessing most of you probably aren't regional kings of a small kingdom in the ancient Near East, but um, most of you. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like a safe assumption, you know. Um, so some of the stuff in there about like this next week we get a single listener in the Middle East <laughs> who's like a, a local warlord or something. Yeah. If but, that's uh, the case, hello, Middle yeah. Eastern warlord. If if you have access to Zoom, we would love to have you on the show. We really would. I feel like that would be a fascinating episode. Uh, if, if you speak English. All of that is to say, though, some of the language around, like, God destroying the wheels of chariots and breaking horses and, like, shattering spears and bows and stuff, like, probably doesn't resonate super strongly with a lot of us. But the general emotion around, like, the enemies are at my gates. I feel overwhelmed. I feel as though I'm about to be overrun. God, where are you? Please help. Like... Uh that that's really strong emotion in the in the in the psalms of lament but within those same psalms there's like little moments and confessions of even though i'm experiencing this i know that you are mighty to save yeah i know that you are powerful well and i i know that this is just your design in the midst of everything and that idea kind of of that that duality of reaction i think is something that's worth holding on to um i was actually i i had a conversation last night with one of my leadership teams we our church management software is faith life and uh faith life as a company is sunsetting which means they're they're no longer supporting uh they're kind of decommissioning some of the facets of their software that we need that we find very helpful and the reason they're doing it is because their original mission as a company was we're going to help people get connected and and like meaningfully connected with the word and we're going to kind of resource the study of the bible and they and they determined that a lot of this other stuff was distracting from that purpose so they said, we're going to stop doing this other stuff and we're going to refocus on this mission. And in my meeting last night, I said, I am resentful that we're having to switch platforms. Like, I'm, I'm not a fan of losing this functionality because I did really. No one likes system. change. <laughs> but I can respect the decision they are making. Mm hmm. And it's kind of that dual response where like, yeah, I get it. I'm not thrilled, but I get it. And I think that can be our response to prayer. And that's kind of what you're talking about here, Ben, is we say, God, I get it. I'm not enjoying this experience. Man, I'm kind of miffed at you that this is the way we're going, but I can respect that you have a plan. Uh, 
that is greater than whatever I'm whatever I'm looking at at this given moment. Mm-hmm. And I think the difficulty is is keeping that balance of we have our emotional response, but also there's kind of this cognitive response of I know that God has designs for whatever this prayer is. And I, and I think it's the same way for for joy, like kind of flipping to the the other side of the coin. Because how often in history do you see, especially if you look at Old Testament history, how often the Israelites experience prosperity and growth and they forget God? And how true is that of just humanity? Like, and maybe this is a bias of mine, but like whenever I think of the hyper successful people in this world, you know, like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, these people who are just crazy successful. My assumption is that they are not in church every Sunday. They could be, I have no idea, but that is my assumption. And I think that's part of because humanity as a whole, if you look through history, we have a really bad habit of when we experience success, we forget God. And when we talk about response to prayer, when we're excited about a response to prayer that went our way, sometimes like we need something that's going to say, wait, hold on, before you go too crazy with your celebration, remember where this is coming from. Remember where this gift is coming from. So when your prayer is answered in, in the way that you were hoping, celebrate, be joyful, but don't forget who was answering the prayer in the first place. Because that's the trap that so often we fall into. Maybe even more often than the flip side where we forget to be grateful for God's plan in the midst of suffering. Um, I don't know. Someone run the numbers on that. I don't know which one is more more, uh, prevalent, but you got to keep that gratitude and that recognition front and center in in the whole conversation so i think we've got like of our five answers that we kind of came up with right yes no not yet silence left field i think we've covered three pretty thoroughly the yes don't forget to be thankful in the midst of the celebration and the thanksgiving for what's been answered uh, in the the no and in the silence, which are very similar, um, be thankful to God's an- for God's answer, even in silence, which seems nutty. Um, but also, it is fair to to feel in uh, to feel suffering, to feel pain, to feel um, anger. Um, all of these things about the way that the answer has come while acknowledging, hey, God is still in the midst of this answer and it is the brokenness of the world that has caused this answer to come. Um, And that kind of leaves us with the like, the weird ones, right? The edge cases. Yeah, the the not yet and the the out of left field answer. Um, And to me, those actually have a, a pretty similar similar response 
Um, and I think I'm going to lean into Paul a little bit here, not so much his writing as much as his example. Um, so not necessarily explicitly listed in scripture, but I'm sure that as Paul was facing captivity in Jerusalem, uh, shortly before he was exiled to Rome, he was probably praying something along the lines of God, use me as your servant. Let me, let me do your will, but also it'd be nice if I can live. Uh, right. Yeah, I think that's a probably, that's probably a good assumption. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he, he appeals to Caesar and that appeal is accepted. Um, so all of a sudden he's going from one situation where he's imprisoned in a place that is uh, antagonistic to the faith and he could very well be killed to another place where he is imprisoned for the faith in a place that's antagonistic to the faith and there's a decent chance he could be killed. Um, and as Paul is entering that chapter of his life, his imprisonment in, in Rome, um, I'm sure that he felt a lot of, okay, now what? Kind of like, yeah, you answered my prayer to keep me alive for now, um, but, but what am I doing next, right? Um, and then all of a sudden, God places this opportunity where he's living under house arrest. And he gains the ear of the, the Jewish and Gentile communities of the city of Rome. And they begin to, to be curious about this Christianity thing. Um, and so God has given him a, a response that he didn't expect in the midst of this prayer to just stay alive. Um, and so... In my mind, there's kind of like a, uh, okay, thank you for answering my prayer. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. But what's next? Help me discern what's next. So for, for the last two cases, for those edge cases, uh, for our oddball cases, I think the answer is, okay, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you answered my prayer even if it was in a way I didn't expect. But what does that now mean? Because it, there's often something else that God is leading you to in the midst of that that kind of out of left field or um, not yet answer. Uh, does that track, Josh? Or Yeah, and to go back to the example you used earlier, um, you know, you're praying for a resolution between you and your boss, and the answer is that God changes changes the playing field entirely by you you having this other job opportunity um in that you're asking what what is next what uh, like and your prayer is going to shift to how do i interact with my boss now that he is no longer my boss can i can i reconcile that relationship now that the dynamic is different or mm -hmm. your prayer is help me move into this new job, help me with this transition, or maybe even before that you get this opportunity and you sit and you pray, is this your will? Is that is, the reason this yeah. opportunity is coming up at this point? Is this kind of the response? Um, so 
I think especially in in those cases of the not yet um and the left field it's it almost it drives you back into prayer and it kind of reminds me of that the latin phrase that I still don't know why we used it in latin because you don't lose anything in the english translation uh at the seminary they put it's meditatio or Fantatio, oratio yeah that one which <laughs> med meditation temptation and prayer is is the translation it's pretty i mean as far as i was ever made to understand it it's pretty good it's it's so and this so the idea behind that those that three word phrase is you meditate on God's word, you meditate on on the relationship that we have with him. And in the midst of that, temptation is going to arise because there are like the devil and the world are actively going to try and pull you away from that, which leads you into prayer. That is our first response to temptation is we pray for God to strengthen us, to bring us through it, which then leads us back into the meditation. And it's kind of a cycl cyclical thing. And I think prayer... I mean, obviously, prayer is part of that. When we get answers to prayer, we we then we kind of meditate on like how God is working in that, and it leads us back. And sometimes I think maybe you even skip that temptation step. I don't think it's necessary because meditation alone can lead you into further prayer. I think uh, I could be wrong. You know, what do I know? I mean, maybe in your meditation, the thing that's leading you back into further prayer is you're tempted to misinterpret scripture. Fair. That's a fair <laughs> point. Josh, you gotta remember we are sinful and broken human human beings and we are capable of everything. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> um yeah, so <laughs> and I think uh that is by the way, that is not the right way to respond when God answers your prayer with a negative. Let's just respond to him with Bet. Bet. <laughs> Do what you want. Oh, I hope I don't get. What are the What are the odds? What are the odds? Um, there's got to be at least twenty five percent of our audience that is like, "What are these idiots talking?" About? <laughs> don't worry, we're just we're just being our idiot selves. It's we can yeah, move on. That's pretty um, normal. But now that you bring this up, I. I don't think that prayer is, well, this is going to sound really duh, like really baseline when I say it, but prayer isn't an inappropriate response to any sort of answered prayers, mm -hmm. right? Like say you're praying, say you're under financial stress and you're praying for relief from that financial stress and God makes a way you, you get a raise or you get a different job or, or one of your expenses disappear, like something changes and you, you have these new finances. The prayer shifts from help me with this financial burden to help me to be responsible and a good steward of these gifts you've given me. So in that yes instance, it's a prayer. And uh, in the no, what we talked about earlier was like a chronic illness kind of situation where you're praying for relief and the answer is no. Your prayer turns from, uh, and maybe you continue to pray for relief. I, I wouldn't, and when there's a no, might continue in that prayer but there's also a help me to be faithful in the midst of whatever i was praying 
that got negatively answered. Um, and in the silence, you keep praying because that's that's what we're called to do. Um, so in all of these situations, a response of gratitude, whatever emotional response is appropriate, um, but then also to circle back into prayer. And it occurs to me that with this, it might not be a bad idea for us to talk about how, how do we go about prayer? How do we approach prayer? And I think... Can I go nerd, full nerd answer here? Uh, sure. All right, full, full nerd answer here. Uh, I'm going to lean into a guy that we had to read in seminary uh, named James K.A. Smith. Oh, uh, uh, yes. Yeah. I actually have grown to appreciate his book more as I, anyway, continue. So Smith's point is. Um, it's called Desiring the Kingdom for anyone who wants yes. to read it. It is not a light read. It is not. It is it is dense. Prepare prepare to work your brain muscles. Yeah, like your grandmother's fruitcake dense. Um it's the most it's, Midwest analogy I've ever heard. You're right, it is. Anyway. Grandmama's fruitcake. Yeah. Anyway, um Smith speaks a lot about liturgy, and a big part of his conversation is like liturgy in the church sense is the pattern of things that we do to worship god um but it's a pattern that's meant to form us to do something life is full of liturgies it's full of patterns that encourage us to do something um there's a liturgy of football on sunday mornings uh post church right um josh ne doesn't necessarily have to deal with this quite as in the same way as we do on the east coast because out here early games start at one o'clock so you go home you change you eat lunch you plop down on the couch and you're there for the next nine hours until the uh the sunday night football game ends on nbc um and that is the liturgy that the nfl has conditioned people to to follow billions of americans yeah even though there aren't billions of americans i said um, million, that was millions with an m it sounded like a B. Anyway, you can chat, flame him in the comments if he said billions with a B. Um, flame me if he said it with an M. Um, Found the new manager at Waffle House, my guy. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, like, there's all sorts of those kinds of patterns. And our prayer life, realistically, should be one of those liturgies. Um we wake up in the morning. We thank God for another day. This is the day that the Lord has made. What? I can't hear the phrase, wake up in the morning, with oh. in my head finishing it, feeling like P. Diddy. I cannot do it. Someone was listening to Kesha in high school. Um, what do you mean? It's still on my workout playlist. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, I want to wake up every morning. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so we wake up in the morning. Uh, we we engage God in prayer, thanking Him for letting us see another day. Um, I often pray on my way into work that God uh, guides me as as He needs me to 
to to be a good pastor um and i mean that prayer like god help me do my work well is is a good one that's for anyone that's working um we pray for our for our meals we pray for uh those we interact with on a daily basis that need our prayer um we pray at at bedtime is that we make it safely through the night and if we don't god take us to uh take us to your to your home um and it helps us kind of create a pattern of like i'm reliant on god for my day i'm reliant on god for the skills that i've been given to do the things he's asked me to do i am reliant on god for my daily bread i am reliant on god for the care of my neighbors i am reliant on god for my very life as i you know fall asleep and hope i make it to the next morning um none of which is guaranteed and and like it helps humble us and and drive us back into prayer and like it kind of becomes um not quite self-perpetuating but it can certainly help that process it gets a lot easier well and yeah habit just i mean we can call it liturgy and i think it's right to call it liturgy but we can also just say these are habits mm -hmm. and by connecting it to something else you do consistently it can help to solidify prayer as a habit i mean and this is the analogy i go to working out can be really hard it is hard to get up to go to the gym to do your workout but you do it six out of seven days a week for two weeks it be it starts to just become automatic like this morning i had the experience i i was in the gym i was starting my workout and i like i paused for a second i'm like how did i get here because i just my alarm goes off and it's kind of autopilot and prayer sometimes can be the same way where we say oh i'm driving into work i pray while i'm driving into work and it just kind of you fall into that habit or you know the the meal is prepared we're about to eat you pray and if you're just like say you have none of these habits right i'm not going to say that's fine because you should develop these habits but like there's no time like the present it's okay if you're just starting these habits today um and i think that uh pre like wrote prayer memorized prayer uh maybe maybe it's a little underappreciated right if if prayer isn't your thing right if you're especially you know you're not you don't feel like you're really good at just making up a prayer and just praying it's okay to use prayers that are already like use the lord's prayer it's literally the standard for what a prayer should be mm -hmm. uh so you know if you're you're driving into work you're like I, that sounds like a good habit i could i can pray when i drive into work and you're like ah how do i do it it's okay to just say the lord's prayer and if, mm -hmm. and if you want to get fancy during uh different parts of the lord's prayer you can add in like when when in the lord's prayer it says give us this day our daily bread pause from reciting the lord's prayer at that point and ask God for some of the things that are in front of you that day. You know, give us this day our daily bread. 
help me to be a faithful servant of yours at at work. Help me to do my job well. Help me to treat the people around me with kindness. You know, bless my wife or my kids or my friends in their days. And then you continue on with the prayer. Um, and like for a nighttime prayer, Luther's evening prayer is great. If you don't know it, look it up, read it a few times and like you can read it while you pray. Eventually, you know, you'll, it'll, you'll commit it to memory if you do it enough times. But um, that's the common table prayer for me. Like it's okay to use prayers that someone else has written and, and use them as your own, right? God at no point demands originality. Because, I mean, frankly, to quote Solomon, there is nothing new under the sun. So um, if you're looking to get started in prayer, like Ben said, attach it to a habit, make it just part of the liturgy of your everyday. And don't, don't, be, don't worry about using, using someone else's prayer, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's fine. I promise it's fine. So a couple of things kind of off of that. And then, I don't know, maybe we move into takeaways. I think you might be right. Um, on the note of Luther's evening prayer, I coached basketball at a Lutheran middle school this year. Um, and before one of our practices, uh, the guy I was coaching with and I were sitting in the lobby of the school. And uh, the class of, I think, fifth graders, fourth or fifth graders came out. and um, they end every day with Luther's evening prayer. Um, and uh, I'm sitting there with Mike, the guy I coached with, and um, we look at, he's a, a director of family life at a church here in the area. We look at each other and go, I think they've got that prayer down better than we do. <laughs> like, because they do it day in and day out. And like, sure, they may not think about it every day, but those words are going to be ingrained in their head. Um, that practice will be ingrained in their head and it might just be something that they hold on to. Um, and I think practically this might speak volumes, but the school that we were coaching at has had, I think at least one student in one of the two seminaries in every class for like the last 20 years. Um, which that's is, awesome. that's a pretty good record. Um, it I I might be like misremembering some of the numbers on that, but it's they've had a lot of pastors come out of their school in, in recent years. Um and uh another random side one, um talking about praying during things that you're already doing anyway. I remember reading an article recently about how uh much of Luther's time during his monastic years was spent dealing with uh, severe and incredibly painful constipation. Um, so he would often literally be spending time on the John, like hours on the John, praying for relief uh, from God. And uh, honestly, like, you do you. Like, if you have things that you might even think are just kind of a goofy time to lift up a word of prayer, but you've got the time, take advantage. Um, you never know what you can do with, with what time God gives you. So, Josh, takeaway? I, 
Why do I have to follow that? Um, you know why. Uh, I think for my takeaway, I want to just summarize our response to prayer is whatever kind of the natural emotional response is blended with gratitude that leads us into further prayer. So mm -hmm. kind of to answer the original question, how do we respond to prayer? There's going to be an emotional response, but with gratitude and with, with more prayer. So that's my takeaway for you. Yeah. And I think uh, like as we, my takeaway is going to be as we develop better habits or liturgies, depending on what phrasing you want to use of prayer, um, those responses become more natural right? Um, and, and easier for us to just like know that that is our, our instinctive response to do. So some prayer thoughts for today? Uh, pray for your prayer life, which sounds kind of circular, but it's like part of what the Holy Spirit does is lead us, lead us into prayer and lead us in prayer. So mm -hmm. pray for that. Uh, and I want a prayer for Thanksgiving. Yeah, prayer of Thanksgiving for whatever's going on in your life in your day. Mm -hmm. The prayer of Thanksgiving that you have a day. Uh, prayer of Thanksgiving that you have such a wonderful podcast to fill your day. Uh, yeah, and if if you have anyone in your life who is interested or struggles with prayer, I I actually I, this is probably a pretty good resource to send up. I, I, I think we handled it. Well, I hope we handled it in an accessible way that uh, can help you or help someone close to you share this podcast with uh, as many people as you see fit uh, and follow us on whatever platform you're listening on. We are on all of the major ones. So whatever you would typically use to listen to podcasts, we should be there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Pandora, um, and the follow like it. It makes us feel good. It it and it it justifies a little bit the the time we spend here. So we do appreciate that. And we have a Facebook page. If if you have topics that you'd like us to cover, if you have questions, comments, um, or if if you want us to try and get a specific uh, guest on or you want to come on as a guest, we're, we're open to that. You just got to let us know. If you know us personally, just you can just text us. That's permissible. Uh, if you don't know us personally, if someone just turned you on to this podcast and, and you're not really familiar with either of us, that's fine too. That's what the Facebook page is for. We check it from time to time. We're not super active, but it's there if you need it, and it's there so you can connect with us. And, uh, and if you need a church in Lake Orion, Michigan, Ben's got you. Good shepherd, Lutheran. He's a good guy. I hear he's an okay preacher. And if you need a church in the uh, the East Vale or or Valley area of California, uh, talk to the, the, the other scrub on the, in this podcast. That's Pastor Josh Laborious. He's uh, he's pretty pretty solid. <laughs> he's at least passable. Um, and I'll accept passable. Before before we wrap this up, shout out to former guest of the show, Hayden Lucas, receiving his first call uh, yesterday as we're recording this to the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. So <laughs> now that we've, 
Now that we've offended all of his parishioners. <laughs> Congratulations, Hayden, and God's blessings on your call. Uh, with that, brothers and sisters, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.